What's up, everybody? You are in the numbers with Daryl Darby. In case you're not familiar with this podcast, let me tell you how this is going to work. My team and I will provide you with our analysis and observations of happenings in sports and games using numbers. And at the end of the show, we'll provide you with a number of the day. So let's get things started. It's February 21st. Um, In the first order of business, obviously, the DeMarcus Cousins trade. DeMarcus Cousins has been traded to the New Orleans Pelicans along with Omri Caspi for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, two first-round picks in 2017, 2019. And Langston Galloway. And Langston Galloway. Yeah. So, James, is this an even trade, or do you think one team got the got the better got the better part of another team well it's hard to determine right now because we don't know how buddy hill is going to turn out to be and we don't know what those draft picks are going to turn out to be but right now it seems like the pelicans got the better of the trade but when we were discussing um we me and you discuss a lot about teams visions and how they look towards down the future and we also we agree on the fact that it's better to look towards the future now because of the Warriors and LeBron you're probably not gonna win a championship now so I think trading the Marcus Cousins was a good idea was this the right trade no but Vladi Divac has Vladi Divac has said that they didn't have a good market out there for him but I don't know if you could believe that because Vladi Divac also said that he wasn't gonna trade the Marcus Cousins so and Vladi Divac also said he had a better trade for DeMarcus two days earlier yeah but accepted this one for some reason and the trading deadline is not till Thursday it's only Tuesday now, and the trade happened Sunday morning. Maybe he Monday was thinking, morning. like, wait, and I could get a better trade, and the reverse happened. I don't know. But I don't, I don't really – I don't – I think the Kings won this trade simply because they were able to unload DeMarcus Cousins and got something in return. Um, The, the Pelicans' picks aren't going to be great. As of right now, the Pelicans are sitting in – 22nd overall place, so that's, what, ninth worst? Mm-hmm. So if they were to draft today and everything was to go chalk, they'll be drafting ninth overall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they have Boogie now, so that's probably going to get a little better. And they honestly might even make the playoffs, as right now they're sitting just two games out. So chances are they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Probably be a first-round exit to Golden State or San Antonio, either or. I think, and, and they got the 2017 pick from the Pelicans, and they got the 2019 pick. And Buddy Heald, I feel like he can be a solid addition, I guess. I don't I don't really know. But I don't think the trade was made for Buddy Heald. I think the trade was made to start the rebuilding process for the Kings. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's obvious that they wanted to start over. And um, DeMarcus Cousins was eligible to get a $200 million contract. So it's obvious that the Kings did not want to give DeMarcus Cousins $200 million or they felt like they wasn't worth it. I heard a report that um, – after I don't know if you've seen it after the Golden State game when they won, he was like F Golden State, right? Yeah. I heard like that was a reason that that was the final I guess straw of him not getting like them saying okay we're we're not dealing with him anymore we're gonna trade him, which is kind of like crazy. That's bogus to me. Like that's that's so small, but I don't know, man. It's the needle that broke the horse's back. Yeah, yeah, basically. But how do you do you think that them trading Demarcus was a good idea? Yes, I think it was an excellent idea because yeah. I don't think Demarcus Cousins would have came back, and if he did come back, it would be a lot like the situation where he's literally just there for money yeah and he's gonna get his money and he's gonna force you to trade him kind of like what Melo is doing but he's not viewed as the bad guy because phil jackson is just screwing it all up yeah so if he would have come back to sacramento he would not have been there mentally he would have been there to get his paycheck and then try to bull in a china shop his way out of town Mm -hmm. to where he wants to be and then he'll have the best of both worlds competing somewhere while getting his paycheck um so wait, hold on. Do you feel that people are making too much of a big deal of you know what they got and what they gave up? I do think they are because it's it's yeah, very rare, bro. That, yeah. It's very rare where you see both teams 
make out well on a trade. Like, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When you're backed into a situation where you have a player who's in a contract year, mm-hmm. who's going to be a free agent, and he's not happy with the team, you, you, you back yourself into a position. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you don't draft well. And the Kings, obviously, have not yeah. drafted well. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. Now you got to press the reset button. You got yeah. young pieces with mm-hmm. Langston Galloway and Buddy Heald. Probably not cornerstones, but, you know, it's what it is. Now you, if you're the Kings, you're going to fall. Obviously you're going to fall. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to finish around the three – four five overall but they have a top 10 protected pick you know you know about that better than i do because you know i'll be confused on those things but so i'm wondering like was this an uh, was this an effort to like keep that top 10 to protect the pick as long as with the picks that the pelicans gave them all right so here's how this works mm-hmm. in 2017 they have the right swap with philadelphia the philadelphia has the right to swap picks with them yeah which basically Philadelphia wins from this trade because mm. the Kings are going to be worse. Right now the Kings were hovering around the same spot as the Pelicans. Mm. So probably the switch would not have come into activation. But now with the Pe- with the Kings trading to Marcus Cousins and getting back players that aren't going to really necessarily help them win games, yeah. the the Kings are going to fall down. So mm. let's say the Kings finish in the lottery. They finish with the third pick and the Sixers finish with the fifth. Mm. They would swap okay. and the Kings would get the fifth pick and the Sixers would get the third pick. Okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's part of why they made this trade because they realize. And also, if they finish outside of the top 10, they don't get their pick. I think the Bulls get their pick. Yeah. So I think they realize, all right, let's just go ahead, get rid of DeMarcus Cousins. Let's get something in return. They got Buddy Heald. He's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's something you could add in. He's a piece that can be there. They got two pick, probably used it 2017 because, like I said, it's probably going to finish in the outside of the lottery because now you would assume the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. With that pick, they'll probably draft a project overseas guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm assuming they'll just start building from there. So I do think that there's only really one team that went. I think the Pelicans won from the street. Yeah, early. Yeah, I, yeah early. Because now they have a solid big three of Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and Demarcus Cousins. But I'll just tell everybody to keep their antennas up because. You never know how this Kings thing is going to work out. Everyone was saying this when Pau Gasol got traded and the Grizzlies took a foreign Mark Gasol. Everybody who was Mark Gasol? And then he turns out to be an all-star. Not saying that's going to work out for the Kings because they haven't been able to draft good, but I just think everybody should just pay attention more to the details other than just thinking, oh, it's DeMarcus Cousins for a bunch of trash pieces. I was uh, on Twitter, and I saw, just to kind of speak to the dysfunction of the Kings, I saw on Twitter in 2010 the Kings drafted (sighs) – Boogie and Whiteside. In 2011, they drafted Isaiah Thomas. None of them are on the roster anymore. And the Kings have missed the playoffs for 11 years in a row. Also, last summer, they traded Nick Stauskas, a 2017 swap and 2019 first-round pick to clear up space for Rajon Rondo. <laughs> yeah. And that doesn't that that's not even the end of it. There's one more. They drafted Jimmer Fredette over Kawhi Leonard. And also Thomas Robinson over Damian Lillard. Wait, 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 wait. But they did do a lot of dumb decisions. But to be fair, no one's seen Kawhi Leonard being better than Jimmer They didn't. Fredette. They didn't. Not even yeah, the Pacers. Yeah. And the Pacers are the team that drafted them. They traded them no, yeah. for George for George. Yeah, Hill. exactly. But at the same time, that's the difference. The, what did the Spurs see? How did they see it? Yeah. They obviously saw something. You're right. You're they exactly gave up right. George Hill, and they gave up their pick for Kawhi Leonard. So they saw something. That is the kind of moves you have to make. Yeah. I mean, you. it may seem, like, I, I do agree, you get kind of lucky on a Draymond Green. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Guys, you find like that. But there's something to be said for organizations like that. Mm, yeah, same exactly, with yeah. Same with the Thunder. Yeah. 
to draft that well. There were guys they could have took in front of Russell Westbrook instead of Russell Westbrook. Mm. But it's just something to be said for organizations like that. It does include a little bit of luck. But as I said to you before, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. If you're unlucky, it's partly because you weren't prepared. You are right, though. Because so, the, the white side thing was probably luck, too, because who's seen white side being good? I think the Isaiah Thomas thing was just them being stupid because he actually was producing. So it's a lot of bad luck and them not making the right decisions. It's just part of being a bad franchise, man, like you said. And now they get to hit the reset button and they they gotta this is a loaded draft class so i'm sure they're hoping that they can fall around the one or two area Mm -hmm. and they want the sixers to be bad as well because if the sixers finish two and they finish one then it's all good in the neighborhood they just fall back but as a sixers fan man i'm loving this trade i see i'm loving this trade but that's that's the exact thing vladi divot said though he said the part of this reason of trading the markers was that this draft class was so loaded so it's kind of he sees it as a win, seeing they could possibly get a franchise changing player. But I don't know, man. They got to they got to draft a good player first, man. They, they, they got to work. They out. can't miss. Man. They can't. This, yeah. This is yeah, a draft. Yeah, yeah. This is a draft they can't miss, and this mm-hmm. is a perfect lead into our next topic of what should the Celtics do? If you don't know, via the um, awful, awful Kevin Garnett. Paul Pierce trade that the Celtics pulled. I'm sorry, that the Nets triggered in about 2012. I guess this was their last shot to try to combat LeBron James, and it was kind of what told everybody, listen, don't try to dethrone the king. Just, you know what I'm saying, let him run his course. But they made a trade, and they gave away their first-round pick last year unprotected and this year unprotected. Mm-hmm. Don't know why they did that. But now the Brooklyn Nets are sitting at 9-47. and They're probably going to get the number one overall pick. At worst, they'll get the number three, and that pick belongs to the Boston Celtics, who, if you don't know, are currently 37-20 and 20 right now with the number two seed in the, uh, in the East. So, James, if you're a GM, is there any way you make any trade with the Celtics that does not involve that, that Brooklyn Nets pick? No, unless it was for, like, a player that I just, just didn't want and I don't, I don't see him in the future, i.e. Carmelo Anthony. I could see. No, still no. If I'm the Knicks, so? there's no, bro. What are you getting in return? All right, so let's let's play this. If you're the Knicks, mm-hmm. you you want to get rid of Carmelo. You're a GM. You do not want Carmelo. You got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Boston call says we want Carmelo. What do you want from our team? Can't have the number one pick. What do you ask for? I want your first round pick. You know, not the Nets pick, but mm-hmm. your first round pick. Maybe Jay Crowder and probably uh, Kelly Olynyk, Demetrius Jackson, one of those guys. Throw that in the package and then. There you go. I guess because only because of the situation that Melo's in, but I I don't I don't see how any team makes a trade with the Celtics and do not require that first overall pick. Yeah, you're right. Though. And with that being said, if you're the Celtics, do you give it up? Because this is a trade. You're still not there. We were talking about this. Mm-hmm. You don't really know yeah. how close you are to LeBron. Like it's one <laughs> of those things. It's like <laughs> you're right, it's though. like you can't like. There's mm-hmm. no real measuring tool but, except to go against him in a series. But we we just talked about this, but we didn't bring this part up. Kevin Love is injured, so that throws another screw in the in in there. Because Kevin Love being injured, it could weaken the Cavs team a little bit even though he might be back by the time they play each other that could weaken the Cavs team a little bit so you know what I'm saying you never know no and you're right but I just I don't I don't I don't it's hard to judge like I said do you what if you make this trade and you give up that pick and you get whatever you may get in return and you can't beat and you still can't beat LeBron like then it's like so what do we do now so say you trade for I don't know a Paul George and a CJ Miles just for that pick that number one pick I believe the Pacers would do that mm-hmm. the number one overall pick for Paul George and CJ Miles yeah I, I believe they would do that so say you make that trade and you lose to the Cavaliers and sit what's next do you just wait for them to get worse or 
maybe he's maybe after that you say, okay, I have Paul George and Jalen Brown who could possibly develop into a great player for the next five years. And when LeBron's on his way out, then we could we'll be next in line for contention. I think that's probably maybe the maybe the outlook if you get if you trade the pick. So if you were the Celtics, do you give that pick away or do you just hold on to it and just keep letting things develop and play themselves out? It's hard to say on the outside looking in, but for me, I would trade the pick. I just I don't know. I, I felt like they did that deal before with Kevin Garnett, so maybe, but it's hard to find a, a Kevin Garnett-type player out there, but I think that if you go ahead and get your star now, even if you don't beat LeBron this year, you're you're bound to play him again and again. Sooner or later, you're probably going to beat him, and it, it might work out and get you like two or three championships. You never know. Mm, that's definitely... I don't know, man. So, so what about this? What about this other trade that's on the middle? The the D Rose, <laughs> the D Rose, Ricky Rubio, Reggie Jackson. Essentially, they're just merry-go-rounding yeah. different teams. It, it seems like Tibbs wants D Rose because that's what the initial uh, trade was. Just D Rose going to uh, Minnesota, but um, Reggie Jackson is supposed to be going to New York, and Ricky Rubio is supposed to be going to uh, Detroit. I don't think Stan Van Gundy likes Reggie Jackson a lot, and it hasn't been working so far with the Pistons. So, I mean, I guess everybody just gets a fresh start at point guard. That's what it seems like this trade is all about. The Pistons, let's let's talk about them real quick. Mm. They they were a good team last year. They had their first winning season in eight seasons. What what is wrong with them this year? What is what's going on? I think um, Reggie Jackson has taken a step back in his production. Andre Drummond as well. They're not a good defensive team with those two people, with those two players on the floor at the same time. So I think that's part of the reason. And I don't know, man. They, I think they're struggling to find an identity, honestly. And to kind of recap last week, because uh, we, the trade happened, the um, Serge Ibaka trade happened the day after we posted our last show. So we haven't got a chance to get to that. Oh yeah. Real quick, talking on that, what do you think that does? To the east doesn't do anything um Serge Ibaka is now with the Raptors Kevin Love is out a little bit those uh those stories both broke within probably 30 minutes of each other so yeah but that was kind of interesting um the what does that trade in does that change anything what I what's going on with the Eastern Conference I don't think it does man they still got LeBron I, I don't see Damari Carroll being able to slow down LeBron in the series and I don't think Serge Ibaka would have that much of an impact for to stop the Cavs from beating them in a series. So to kind of go back a little bit, James, we, we skipped over this. We were addressing all the trade rumors first. Mm-hmm. So with this trade now, the Marcus Cousins trade, what does this mean? What what can the Pelicans do with their big three now of Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins? Well, as of right now, they can't really do too much because they're primed to get that eighth seed and they're going to play the Warriors. And I'm pretty sure the Warriors are going to beat them in either five or or get swept, one of the two. But I think in the future, it could be interesting. I At first, I'm on the fence about this trade because I'm not really fond of two big men together. It hasn't really worked out since Tim Duncan and, and David Robinson, but even David Robinson had to take a step back. But these two big men are different. Like They're not your average, your typical big man. DeMarcus Cousins has made more threes than Buddy Hill this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, DeMarcus Cousins has 92, Buddy Hill has 86. Yeah. Granted, DeMarcus has taken a little bit more. His percentage is a little lower, but still. You yeah, yeah. Three pointer. Your fear of having two big men is that gonna they're gonna be in each other's spots, yeah. be in each other's areas. But these two, they're like so they diverse. The floor a yeah, bit. they. So they. It's hard to see if they will be in each other's areas. So I think if they find the right pieces around them, maybe this could work out. I don't know, man. I'm on the fence about this one though. I do think it can work out. Not this year, only because they are 
in a position to face either the Warriors. Well, it looks like unless they get incredibly hot right out the gate, yeah, it's gonna yes. look like they're in a position to face either the Warriors or the Spurs. Um, they currently sit ten games back of Memphis, ten games back with twenty-seven to play. Yeah, I like see. I said, unless they get incredibly hot right out yeah. the gate, I mean, they would have to go like a little. Yeah, they had to go on like a little ten, eleven game winning uh-huh. streak and. Maybe only lose one and go on like another five. So mm-hmm. they're probably not going to get up to the sixth spot, which puts them in a position to play Houston, which is a team I believe they can beat with this team. Yeah. But I don't I don't I don't think it'll make any noise this year. But in the offseason, once Boogie and A D get a little chemistry, I think it could be interesting. Because I mean, just think about what they're able to do rebounding and offensively. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't really know of Boogie to be a defensive proud like have any defensive outstanding points but I feel like when you're engaged and when you're when you're on a competing team I feel like it's different like I feel like because defense is effort yeah I mean it's a little bit of skill you got to have quick feet you got to have good instincts but it's effort for the most part yeah so we're gonna see an inspired boogie yeah we are yeah I think this is gonna be the first time we really see like a DeMarcus Cousins, like, you know what I mean? And I think it would be good putting him with a mild-mannered person like Anthony Davis. Like, he mm-hmm. gets a lot of technicals, but if he looks over and see Anthony Davis not complaining about a foul, or which Anthony Davis usually doesn't do, then maybe he'll calm down a little bit and be like, okay, yeah, let's just go get this win. Let's not try to, you know, get kicked out and blase, blase. Yeah, so I think it can work. Not this year. I don't think it'll work. Only because of the position there. Like I said, they're ten and a half games back yeah. of the sixth spot, which will put them in a winnable series. So they probably won't get that. Mm-hmm. But – I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say I think I think the Pelicans could take them to six. Who the Warriors mm-hmm. this year? I do. I don't know. I think what what you're essentially doing is you're just the Grizzlies. What the Grizzlies were like, just a little bit better though. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, they, but and then they have no shooting around them either. Like Dante Cunningham is probably like they're starting three. Like, come on. no Solomon Hill. Oh probably. Solomon Hill. Okay, yeah. and then what? It's Drew Holiday. Who's the thir- starting two? I think Etwan Moore. Oh Etwan Moore. Okay. Yeah. Like, see, like you're gonna have problems all around. It's gonna you're be right. basically like you trading twos for threes. You know. But but you're not gonna beat the Warriors at their game. That's yeah, 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 yeah. You aren't gonna you're right, no, outshoot you're right. the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You aren't gonna outrun the Warriors. So why not do what the Warriors can do? Bang it down low. You you're can't right. outrun a team that's making their layup. Because that's where teams get in trouble. They try to shoot the three, long three, what? Long shots lean to long rebounds. Then they play in three on two, four on three, two on one, one on one, right. on fast breaks. Mm-hmm. So try something different. This could work. You're right. Though. Have we ever seen the Warriors play two big men who can easily go for 20 and 10, maybe even 25 and 13, 25 and 15? Yeah, you know? not really. The Grizzlies, but not to this extent. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, they have basically two Mark Gasol. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, you're right. You're it's, right. It's, it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. something you have to think about. The Warriors have to pay attention now yeah. because they're looking primed for that eight spot. Oh, they're definitely, they're they're definitely going to get the eight spot. That's how I feel. So that's it's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's something you have to consider because, like I said, when you look at basketball is all about matchups, James. You know yeah, this. Yeah. It's matchups. Mm-hmm. Can you win matchups? Draymond Green is going to have to guard DeMarcus Cousins for an entire series. Yeah. Or Anthony Davis. Draymond Green is an excellent defender. You know that. Everybody knows. He's mm. a superb defender. Yeah, at the end of the day, though. That's a tough build. Exactly. That's at the end of the build. day, he's only 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, Anthony Davis is a solid 6'11". DeMarcus is a solid 6'11". And even a foul trouble, that could like exactly. could pose a problem. Exactly. Because Draymond, Draymond Green gets in foul trouble. That changes really, the whole thing. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. So this is... 
I like I like the Pelicans' thought process here. It's mm-hmm. you know what we got AD. He just signed a five year contract. We got to do something. Yeah. And so I think this is a perfect approach. Don't try to because the same way with the Warriors. The Warriors weren't gonna beat the Spurs. Were the top run. The Warriors aren't gonna beat. The, you're not gonna beat somebody at what they already do well. Mm-hmm. You, if you are if you're adjusting, if you're adding three pointers to your team now, you're too late. You missed the curve. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. have it already, it's you got to start a new trend. Mm-hmm. You can't. That's not how basketball works. You got to think three four years ago teams weren't there were if i told you steph curry was gonna make 433s in a year you'd have probably looked at me like i was crazy yeah so you got to try to catch the next trend mm-hmm. the next trend may be to have two solid big men you're right so you gotta you gotta try to change the trend man and i think the, the pelicans are moving in the right way I'll, yeah hey Either get two big men or get LeBron. <laughs> hey, that, LeBron that seems busts all. Be. It seems like LeBron <laughs> busts all theories and, right. and everything. So right. So and like I said, LeBron's obviously not going anywhere. So yeah, got to try to what the Warriors like to play small ball. Okay, well let's yeah. make them play big ball. Yeah, see, see what they could do. You know what I'm saying? You can't adjust your height. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I think I hey. I'm not saying obviously. I'm not saying the Warriors lose, mm-hmm. but I see a lot like the Lakers in what like 2010. When the war, when the thunder gave them trouble, and the thunder oh, were up, yeah. and the thunder were up and coming, yeah, I could see that being this possibly. You're and right. It's like, a, hey, that's a team you have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. But James, you have a um, an interesting little story that happened with Lonzo Ball's father. What's that? What's what's that about? Okay, so last week, uh, Levar Ball had an interview with TMZ Sports, and he said, "My kid, he's talking about Lonzo Ball. He said, my kid is going to be better than Steph Curry." Steph Curry is really good, but my son is young. He's got time to go, and you can only consider you can only consider him, Steph Curry, good because he won a couple of championships. What if he didn't no cha- win it? What if he didn't win no championships? He made some shots at the right time, but he's not as young as my boy. That was last week, and this week at a game, uh, at one of Lonzo's balls games, the Pac-12 Network broadcast has spoke to Lon- Lavar Ball again, and this week he had to say to, du- to double down on his comments earlier. Hey, let me tell you this right now. I have the utmost com- most confidence in the what my boy is doing. I'm gonna. T- tell you right now he's better than Steph Curry than me here put Steph Curry on UCLA's team right now and put my boy on Golden State and watch what happens like I said if I don't know what my boy is about I'm not going to make this statement Steph's going to have problems trying to guard my boy play one-on-one those are some bold comments they really are and they are stupid comments too like (laughs) first of all like (laughs) oh my god go off I hope I wish y'all could see his face right now (laughs) First of all, like, what are you saying? Like, it doesn't, Steph Curry doesn't even have multiple championships. He only has one. And then, two, like, if they were to switch spots, I think Steph Curry would be way better than than Lonzo right now. I don't, I don't know about you, but that's just how I feel. I don't really, I don't know what, what even really primed him to talk about this, but I guess because people keep asking him or whatever, like, I guess he just feels the need to speak out. But I think that's just putting unwarranted pressure. It is, oh, man. Like, like, all right. I used to play like back in like in high school and stuff. We used to play basketball one on one. And like, say if I play you one on one and I bet my money, then you know I I would bet and I'll be confident in myself. But if someone was to bet on me, I would be flattered by that by them saying like, oh, I think you're good enough to beat this person. But it, that's putting so much pressure on me. Like, I don't think that I'll be able to perform to my best because I'm trying to satisfy you and win at the same time. And that's exactly what he's doing. And even John Wall came out this weekend. And he was like, oh, these point. He think it's like he think it's gonna be easy. For for him because he's good right now in college and high school but these point guards will punish him and when he comes in the league he's putting a target on his back and that's definitely what he's doing like and he's doing it for his son he's not even doing it for himself because yeah. this all goes down to his son yeah i don't know man i just don't think it's necessary to put that kind of pressure on your son you already have a son who's probably gonna be a number one two maybe three 
four overall pick, top pick basically, and he's gonna have pressure on him already. So you don't need to put more pressure by comparing him to a two-time MVP who's broken records and kind of changed the game of basketball in a way. Exactly. So it's just like let him play, let him. If he turns out to be better than Steph Curry, you won't have to say it. It'll be others that'll say it. You know what I mean? And then he said switch them. Like, Steph Curry was a beast at Davidson, so I'm imagining what he'll be at UCLA five yeah. years, seven years later. Like, he'll, <laughs> that, like this, that was just crazy he said that. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But, all right, man, it's time for number of the day, James. All right, you going to get ready? You gonna, yeah, you I'm, get I'm good. Oh, oh, he already yes, good. Yes, I'm good. All right, good. all right, he came ready today. Y'all know James. He be over there slipping. But all right, we good today. I'll go first, man. My number today is six. You know what that is? What is that? Six years ago today, Carmelo Anthony was traded to the New York Knicks. The trade consisted of the Knicks getting Carmelo Anthony and Chauncey Billups, right? And the Denver Nuggets got Wilson Chandler, Timothy Mosgolf, Raymond Felton, Danilo Gallinari, the Knicks 2014 first-round pick, and the right to swap for the Knicks 2016 first-round pick. Since that trade, the Knicks are 213 and 266. They have a losing record since they've made that trade. They still haven't won a playoff series and have missed the playoffs two years in a row. Mm. That's crazy. We're going to have to send that to our friend Jared. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> My number of the day is 19. Do you know what 19 represents? 19? Yes. 19. No, I don't. That's how many years it's been since we've seen two team two teammates average 20 and 10 together, like DeMarcus, and huh. cousin, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis have. The last two teammates we've seen do that is Tim Duncan and David Robinson, and that led to multiple championships, so hopefully the Pelicans can see the same success. And you know, I actually saw this stat too. In the NBA since 2011-2012, four players have at least four 35.15 rebound games, all right? Dwight Howard has four. Kevin Love has six. Mm -hmm. Guess who has 12? Anthony Davis. Yes, and guess who has 13? DeMarcus Cousins. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> it could get ugly Watch in the out. West, boy. It could get real ugly in the West. That is why I think they can pose problems to the Warriors. Because who is going to rebound for the Warriors? Yeah. You got two 6'11 mammoths. Mm -hmm. What? How much? DeMarcus Cousins probably 6'11. 250. Probably 250. Davis yeah. probably like 230. Yeah. Like I said, Draymond, don't, bro. I, I respect Draymond. I respect him more than most people do. I mm -hmm. don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Yeah. People call him a product of, it, of his system. I don't think so. I think he, he can shoot. He can pass. He can dribble. Yeah. He can do it. He can defend. He can defend on the perimeter. He can defend down low. But that's a tall task to ask of somebody that's 6'7", <laughs> yeah, probably is. 230, 240. I don't think JaVale McGee is going to cut the bell either, man. I don't. I don't. JaVale McGee and Zaza Pachulia? Yeah. Or they, DeMarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis? <laughs> it's going to get uh, ugly for them. That, that, if I'm the Warriors, I am rooting for them. I want them to win out the rest of the season cause, so they don't have to get that number eight. Yeah, spot. yeah, I was thinking about that too. That is, I don't think that's a team. I, I don't think that's a team you really want to play, man. Mm -hmm. See, the Spurs can probably handle them a little better because they actually have the bigs. Exactly, they especially if they get Pau Gasol back. If he can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah they actually Gasol, have the bigs Marcus to, to bang with them. Yeah, and then Jonathan Kawhi would be the, the, be the determining mm -hmm. factor. But the, the Warriors, that's a different. They haven't really seen this type of animal before. Exactly, so ain't. Hey. 13, so together they have 25 yeah. of the NBA's, what? 35. 34, what, 25 of the NBA's 35, 30, listen to this, 
They have 25 of the NBA's 35, 35.15 rebound games since yeah. 2011, 2012. It's crazy, man. Hey, man. Well, hey, <laughs> best believe we will be following up with y'all. We yeah. will be, we will be here with y'all, analyzing the series, analyzing everything that's happening in the NBA. But that's all we got for today. Uh, for in the numbers, you can check us out on SoundCloud. www.soundcloud.com/backslash/in-the-numbers. I N T H the number three numbers. That's also our Twitter handle. And you can find us on iTunes. For Daryl Darby and James Foster, be easy.